This is a CBC Podcast. Members of the legislature have privilege there. They can't be sued for what they say in the Assembly, but they can get thrown out for it. And the opposition leader was earlier this week. Everything that that minister just said is a dead lie. Does he have I, I asked the, uh, the leader of the opposition to withdraw and apologize for that comment. Mr. Speaker, I stand by what I said. Everything that he just said is a dead lie. That is Carla Beck just before she got kicked out of question period this week. For more on why that was her line in the sand, we've reached our political panel. Adam Hunter covers politics for CBC Saskatchewan, and Murray Mandrick writes a political column in the Regina Leader Post, and they join us every week at this time. Morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Adam, what was this about? Well, the background here is that the uh, opposition had raised uh, the issue of work at Evraz in Regina, specifically a lack of work for pipe fitters, people uh, working in the steel mill and steel workers there. Uh, the numbers have dropped dramatically over the last couple of years with the lack of work. So Alini Young, the uh, Regina MLA, had asked the, the, oppos- the, the government what they're doing to try and uh, help the Evraz workers, to try and promote uh, and use... Uh, Evraz products in government uh, projects. Uh, the answers came from Minister Jeremy Harrison, the Minister of Trade and Export, who basically laughed off the question, said that the op- the opposition had no credibility on pipelines, that members of their caucus vote them down, that they uh, are standing with uh, the federal NDP leader and in his position, which is anti-pipeline. And that's after a couple of back and forth, that's what got Carla back up. But she, as you heard there, uh, accused the minister of lying. And that's a no-no in the House. And uh, 99 times, as you know, Stephanie, out of 100, the the members apologize when they're when they're caught saying something unparliamentary. But in this case, uh, Beck stood stood down and and she was uh, kicked out. Murray, why do you think she chose to take this stand on this issue? Uh, I think it was a little bit deliberate. Uh, I, I'm I'm not saying that uh, in much of a nefarious way, or at least no more nefarious than sort of the answers that she got uh, from Jeremy Harrison, which was the usual bluster, uh, which had uh, nothing to do with the question and was probably irritating as hell to the opposition, anybody listening. But it, was it necessarily a lie? <clears throat> I don't think so. Uh, it, it's political rhetoric, which you hear every day in the House. And Carla Beck is an incredibly patient politician uh, and doesn't uh, necessarily take the bait on, on these things normally. She wasn't even involved in uh, the initial question, which was raised by Alina Young. So I think there was a bit of a strategy to this with a gallery full of pipeline workers who are unemployed. Obviously, Carla Beck feels badly for these people, but obviously Carla Beck and the NDP have a bigger problem because there is a bit of a ring of truth to uh, the past history, as outlined by Jeremy Harrison, of uh, Jagmeet Singh basically saying that uh, uh, he supports the government on the basis of it not pursuing uh, pipelines and other fossil fuel uh, projects that he doesn't think are efficient. There's people within the current SAS party or Saskatchewan, sorry, uh, NDP caucus that uh, probably support that position of of. Uh, of the federal leader uh, and there's people outside the party in Saskatchewan that support the, uh, the position so it's tricky I think that 
uh, Carla Beck realized on this particular day that if she ever has any hope of doing any better than the the, the caucus currently has uh, with its 12 members, it really needs to move away from some of these positions, particularly with a couple of by-elections coming up in North Regina, where Everest Steel is located. So I think that there was a notion saying, I'm going to make a stand today to make it clear. Uh, their position is complicated and nuanced. She made some interesting points later on about how uh, Everest could be uh, producing pipe for p- hydrogen, etc., uh, even though that this is the party that opposed uh, it producing pipe for uh, Keystone XL. Uh, so there, there is a lot of complication to this, and I think Carla Beck took the chance that I'm going to cut through this on this particular day and make a firm stand, and I guess time will tell whether she was effective in doing so. Uh, Adam, some people that I saw were surprised that the uh, opposition leader didn't get kicked out over education just because it's been such a big issue this week. What's the latest on that? Yeah, since we spoke last week, of course, there was that huge rally at at the legislature that brought out uh, the opposition leader and and others. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, no government MLAs, uh, SAS party MLAs showed up to that rally. And that was one of the first questions for Premier Mo on Monday uh, as to why he and others, including his education minister, weren't there. He didn't really provide an answer as to why, uh, but he did sort of fairly quickly commit to uh, providing dollars uh, for increased enrollment that uh, the the school divisions have been asking for us the school divisions are asking for much more than just the money to to address enrollment they they say they're going to be in a shortfall and and are predicting uh, cuts to, to programs or expecting uh, they're, they're they're keeping their options open in some cases uh, this is a, a far cry from uh, the commitment that uh, the lack of commitment that was made last week, and even on on, on the show with you uh, this week with Education Minister Dustin Duncan. After uh, we talked to Premier Mo, we talked to the Education Minister, who said yes. The Premier Mo said we want this dealt with expeditiously, and then just yesterday we tried to again kind of uh, nail down some timing for when this money would be coming uh, the f- closest we got to you know a, a specifics from the education minister were he will let the they'll let the uh, boards know what they can expect probably by the end of June uh, the money won't be in their hands but they'll have an idea of what they can spend to hire more teachers and Murray, the opposition is also comparing and contrasting money for independent Christian schools re- relative to the public system. Well, th- th- they are, and I think they're doing so just to make the point of the education minister's priorities. And I think we have a real problem with how the education minister is handling both issues. In your interview, when he basically kind of offers a somewhat smarmy answer, I thought, uh, that, uh, well, you know what, there's contract negotiations coming up right now, and and maybe that's why we had 3,000-plus people out at the ledge steps. No, you had angry parents, you had angry school trustees, you had angry lots of people out there. It's not a big rural issue, uh, but it's a big issue out there, and you're missing the big picture because he seems to be focusing on the little one, which is the private school funding. Uh, Is this being something of a solution to something? I don't know what is it. It is a solution 
uh, to other than appeasing a lot of people that are supportive of the SAS party and have particularly strong beliefs. And while they should and and, and, and is their right to whatever education uh, they want to provide their kids, the question is, is it their right to basically almost be fully funded? Because when you're getting 75% funding and you have all kinds of caveats as to whether or not you can uh, uh, let in kids that have need, special needs or, 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 or learning because you can't accommodate them because you're just a, a lowly private school, uh, then it gets a little bit more complicated for uh, the minister. And this is a complication that he and his government have created because they've increasingly uh, uh, added to the level of funding for private schools from 50% in 2011 when they could first apply to now 75%. And some of these schools, like Legacy, shouldn't be funded at all. Uh, it's unfair maybe to some of the other schools who are, are doing uh, a good job and providing quality education. Uh, there's historic private schools like Luther and Athel Murray and, and everything else that are just part of the fabric of education in this province and shouldn't even be part of the conversation. But the government thinks it can throw in a few red herrings or make this about uh, you know greedy teachers wanting uh, uh, more money and that's what this rally is about. No, there's people out there very concerned about public education right now and where it's going. And as well, they should be. It's a bloody mess in Regina and Saskatoon right now because we are a growing province with immigration. As we talked about last week, that should be a good news story for the government. They're turning it into something else by being cute by half, and I don't think it's working for them. Thanks very much, you guys. You're very welcome. welcome. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.